You're listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray the message will encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now, let's tune in. Good morning, church. How is everybody? You doing good, huh? Doing good. How many of you guys, when you walked in today, you saw some green bags when you walked in to your right? You saw those when you came in? Well, just in case you didn't, let me explain. Uh, We love the Thanksgiving outreach so much. We made such an impact. We decided to do something similar for Easter this year. So here's what we're going to do. When God lays it on your heart, and even if he doesn't, if you just feel guilted into doing it from your pastor, (laughs) all joking aside, we want to follow the Lord. Amen? Um, uh, When you you pass by those green bags, uh, consider joining us for this outreach. The Easter outreach is going to be unique in that uh, it's not just an outreach, it's an evangelistic tool. What we are doing is, is the green bags, uh, you can pick them up today for the next three weeks, I believe, Kizzy. Uh, You can pick them up for the next three weeks, then the following week they'll be due back. Inside of each one, we're going to put a meal uh, and some eggs that are stuffed with candy, and then we're going to put a flyer inside each one, and that flyer will link them to a page that we're creating to win them to Christ. Now, it's also going to invite them to one of our three Easter morning services, which is another announcement I want to make. Uh, We are not quite ready to do three services every weekend, but we're growing every week. And so Easter, we're going to have to do three services. So here are your Easter service times, 8.30, 10 o'clock, and 11.30, right? 8.30, 10 o'clock, and 11.30. And uh, so we're really excited about what God's doing. Uh, if everybody decided to come at once, we'd be in trouble. So we know Easter's one of those weekends that everybody tries to come if they're available. So uh, make sure that you uh, invite friends. We're going to have plenty of space for everybody. Uh, so Easter's going to be exciting. Uh, but pick up one of those green bags on your way out, and I know you'll be blessed uh, for contributing to someone who's in need. Uh, this series that I'm about to talk to you about, I'm about to launch a series today on prayer. There is um, uh, an anemia in the American church today, and I believe that through the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, we've put our thumb on it, and that anemia is a lack of prayer. Uh, You see, there's always somebody who's willing to get up and lead worship. There's always somebody to get up and lead teaching. There's always somebody who's willing to get up and lead a small group. But there's not a lot of people who are willing to, to get up early or stay up late and pray, right? We're busy people. But today, my, my hope and my prayer is that I challenge you and I sharpen you through God's word to show you just how important prayer is. Um, I was up most of the night last night just under the unction of the Holy Spirit, just praying that this would land well, because I want you to know uh, you might want to curl your toes up because I'm going to try to stomp on them. Uh, I'm, I'm coming after you today because I want to inspire you. I want to challenge you. And in some ways, I want to chastise us as a body of believers that we have neglected a very powerful tool that God gave us, and that tool is prayer. And so um, I'm going to jump right out of the gate this morning. In uh, Matthew chapter 21, verse 13, um, Jesus has basically gone into the temple uh, and began to move some furniture around, as they say. Uh, He is flipping over tables. He's flipping chairs. uh, He is running out the money changers. And he says, 
it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Again, it's interesting that Jesus put an emphasis on prayer. He could have said that, hey, my father's house should be called a house of worship. Would have been incorrect or would have been correct. He could have said it would have been a, a house of teaching and it would have been correct. He could have said, my house will be a house of small groups. How many of you guys are excited about small groups today? There 12 of you. Fantastic. <laughs> Got to do better than that. Well, he decides to put an emphasis on prayer. And he says, if you're going to put any focus on my house, you make sure that focus is in prayer. What, what was in Jesus' mind at that time? Why was he making such a point to make uh, a powerful importance about prayer. We see this again in the disciples. Uh, they could have asked Jesus for anything. Remember, they had walked with him and saw him walk on water. They had seen him uh, heal the eyes of the blind, seen him brought the, 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 the dead back to life. But when they asked for something, they said, teach us to pray. There's this common thread that we find when we begin to study in the scripture that prayer is this this tool that God has given us, this authoritative weapon uh, that so often we don't yield because we don't understand its importance. And so today, my job, and, and I hope I do it well, and I hope the Holy Spirit takes over, uh, is that I get you the knowledge you need to understand why prayer is so important. Uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed, this is Jesus. Jesus made it a habit to get up in the morning before anybody else, get alone and pray. There's nothing wrong with corporate prayer. But when you're trying to grow in intimacy and strength in the Lord, that happens through private, one-on-one -on -one prayer, okay? I want you guys to see that. There's a story, and I'm moving fast for a reason. Stay with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach pretty fast today. Uh, there's a story in Mark chapter 9, it's also uh, in Luke chapter 9, but it gives more detail in Mark, where Jesus has gone up to the Mount of Transfiguration, and uh, the, the disciples come down before him, and they go into a city, and there a man approaches them with a child who has been demon-possessed, and the scripture gives us um, some specifics about this demon. It says it's a demon that causes the child to be deaf and mute, and so this man comes up and says, hey, I heard you guys are healing people. Could you heal my, my son? And the disciples are there and they say, thank you for coming. As a matter of fact, we can. We're healers. We hang out with Jesus. Yeah, he's my best friend, as a matter of fact. I've known him for years. And John's over there like, he loves me more than the rest of you. <laughs> well, they lay hands on the young man and nothing happens. Can you imagine? Maybe you've been there. Maybe you've laid hands on the sick and they didn't get well. Maybe you have asked God to fix something that is still broken. Maybe you're in a season of life that you've asked again and again and again. And you're wondering if you have any authority to ask these things at all. I want to tell you that I believe Jesus set this whole situation up. The Bible says that Jesus came down from the mountain and walked into the situation. And there the man, the father of the son, said to him, said, I came to your disciples and asked them to heal my son, and they aren't able to do it. 
And Jesus turns to the disciples and he chastises the disciples. He says, you wicked generation. How long must I tarry with you? Let me, let me, let me put it in, in, into Crestview ease for us today. He says, it's foolishness. How many days do I have to get up before dawn to show you where my authority comes from? How long do you have to watch me do what I do before you begin to mimic what I do? And so Jesus turns to the father. This is what's awesome. He says, bring the boy to me. And Jesus says, you deaf and mute spirit, be gone. And instantly the boy was healed. Now, remember, Jesus gets up before dawn every day to pray. And you think, wait a second, he was God in the flesh. Why did he have to pray? No, no, no. He was spirit in the flesh. I'm going to take you deep into God's word today. And I'm going to tell you, get your notepads out, get your pens out, get your note apps ready. I'm going to teach deeper than I probably ever taught, maybe ever. And so stay with me. I'm going to try to keep everybody moving along. But I want you to write this down. I want you to keep notes today. I want to welcome everybody listening by podcast. We've had an incredible response from people listening by podcast. And, uh, and you guys listen to my podcast. Go ahead and get your notepads out as well. There is a, a powerful picture of Jesus touching this young man. And later in private, the disciples come to Jesus. And again, in private, they were kind of ashamed. They were kind of embarrassed. You know, they, they, they lacked the horsepower to get the job done. And so later on, it says, <laughs> when they were behind walls, <laughs> it just blows my mind, the disciples say, we're not going to talk about this right now. Jesus, later. Later, Jesus. Talk about this later. And they, they, it says they go behind some other walls and they say, why were we not able to do what you did? And Jesus says, this thing is only affected through prayer. Some of your texts say prayer and fasting. Some of your text, if you'll read it, it says that these situations can only be affected through a prayer life. It's not enough. See, we've been taught just to, Jesus, 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 be set free, be set free. Listen, who gives you the authority to do those things? Where is your relationship with God and what pools do you draw from? If Jesus had to have a relationship with his father. How many knows we better have a relationship with the father? So uh, Jesus understood something about prayer that, that I, I, I truly ask of the Holy Spirit to give us today before we leave, and that's this, an understanding of the authority of prayer. And it all takes place in the beginning with the birth of prayer. The birth of prayer is found in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. This is the birth of prayer. Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them have, what's it say? Let us make man, but let them have Dominion. What does that word mean, dominion? 
It means an overcoming power. It means the ability to dominate. It means the, the ability to take hold of and control. And so why did God not say, let us have dominion? And again, this is going to be deeper than a lot of you are ready for, but I believe you're here by the divine appointment of the Holy Spirit, so I think you're ready. Had God said, let us have dominion, he would have not just been talking about humankind, he would have been talking about spiritual entities as well. You say, what? Hang on, stay with me. I told you, I'm going deep today. Stay with me. I've got four points, four points for you today. Write them all down right off the bat. I'll go back and teach them to you because once I hit this floor, I'm not coming up for air. (laughs) Number one, God gave us legal authority in the earth. Legal authority on the earth. None of this will make sense yet. I'll come back and clean it up in a minute. Number two, when he said, let us make man in our image, but let them have authority, he was talking about humankind. Humankind is made up of two words. Number one is humus and man. Humus being dirt, man being the spiritual entity. We see this in um, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. He says, let us make man in our image, God being his spirit at the time. He says, let's make man a spirit. But then in Genesis, I believe it's chapter 2, verse 8, he combines the spirit and the dirt, making not just man, but humus and man together, meaning man in a dirt suit. Spirit wrapped in dirt. Spirit wrapped in clay. All right? So literally, congratulations, you're a human. You're a spirit entity wrapped in dirt. You're welcome. (laughs) Point number three. Only spirits with bodies have legal authority on earth. So, whoa, Pastor, you're jumping off on a crazy train today. Oh, it gets crazier. Hang on. Only spirits with bodies have legal authority on earth. Number four, spirits with no physical bodies have no dominion on earth. No dirt, no authority. No body, no authority. Now who's ready to make sense of all this? Okay. When God said, let us make man in our image, God was not in the flesh. He was a spirit entity. And he said, let us make man in our image. He said, let's create another spiritual being. But then he did something unique. In Genesis chapter 2, he began to form the clay, the dust of the earth with his hands. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And it wasn't until then that he became a living being. God's purpose was not to create spirit only. His purpose was to create a unique hybrid creation that by its very nature explained prayer. Let me explain that. You've got the spirit and you've got the earth. You've got heaven and you've got earth. Literally, Spirit and earth combined into humankind. Is that not what prayer is? The connection of the natural and the supernatural. 
So now we have mankind created, and God says, yep, let them have dominion. There's something different about them. Let's, 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 Tristan, let's, let's let them have dominion. You got dominion. Congratulations. You got a dirt suit. Reach down and pinch yourself. Just make sure you got your dirt suit. Everybody good and dirty this morning? Huh? Got your dirt suit on? Well, I hope so. Now watch this. The minute God said, let them have dominion, he excluded every spiritual being without a physical body from having dominion. This is why he did not say, let us have dominion. He said, let them, meaning the hybrids, the human and the spirit, the flesh and the spirit, let them have dominion. Now, why is that important? Because God was not the only spirit. Lucifer was also a spirit. And he said, I have got to take the power away from the devil on earth. So I give it to humankind. I told you, stay with me. It gets a little deeper. Y'all ready? Let's, let's ease on into the forefoot together. Here we go. The minute he turned dominion loose with mankind, the devil said, I want that. This dominion thing. We can do some stuff with that dominion thing. I don't have a body. How can I reach Adam and Eve? I'm in the spirit and they have dominion. How can I reach? So the devil negotiated a body with a serpent. Negotiated a body with a serpent. Go check it out. It's in the scripture. And it angered God so much. He said, from this day forward, talking to the snakes, you will crawl on your belly. You negotiated with the one I was trying to keep out of the mess in the first place. And the serpent went to Eve and said, are you sure God made these promises to you? She says, yeah, God said, we can eat of all these trees, but of this one tree we shall not eat. He said, are you sure he said you can't eat from that tree? And Eve said, I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure. Well, no, maybe I think what he meant to say was this. And he begins what he continues to do today, challenging our humankind's knowledge of the word. Right? Why? Because if you follow him, he can manipulate your dominion. At best, he can get you to shut up and not pray. He can shock you with the terror that he can bring with his temptation and his vileness. So much so that you forget that you have authority. Let's go a little deeper. God saw the devil's plan. He said, I, I've got to fix this. 
I gave all my dominion to mankind. The scripture says, God says, I have elevated my word above my name. What does that mean? That means that once he speaks it, his name is on the line that he cannot change it. So when he gave humankind dominion, he couldn't take it back. You see, that's one of the biggest misconceptions with believers today. Is where, God, why don't you do X, Y, and Z? He said, why don't you ask X, Y, and Z? God, why? Why do you let these horrible things happen? Well, when's the last time you opened your mouth and turned him loose to go fight it? He is bound by your words. He has no authority here without you loosing and binding. You don't believe me? Go read the scriptures. He says, I've given you the keys. Whatsoever things you bind, I will bind. Whatever you loose, I will loose. Church, we've got to wake up. We have been waiting on heaven and heaven is waiting on us. A little bit deeper. I got time? A little bit deeper? Oh, get ready. Here we go. Here we go. Let's go a little bit deeper. Get into the good stuff now. God looks down. And he's been dealing with one man at a time. Abraham. Isaac. Jacob. Moses. Joseph. Just one man after another. One man after another. He's thinking, man, we got a shotgun. This devil's catching some traction. We got to get this thing covered. And he says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to earth and I'm going to make all the changes. And he goes to step off his throne and he can't budge because he's bound by his own word. He is not flesh. He is spirit. He can't enter the arena. He has no dirt suit. So his eyes begin to roam across the face of the earth and he finds a 15-year-old virgin by the name of Mary. And he says, Mary, can, can, can I borrow your womb? You see, my children are alone. I'm bound by my word not to just bulldoze onto earth without a flesh suit. So I knew this was going to happen. So before time began, I gave women the capability to create flesh. So Mary, if you agree, remember, she had to agree. The scripture says, do it. She literally says, Holy Spirit, not be it of me, but let your will happen. God said, thank you. You have no idea what you've just unlocked. You have just unleashed the greatest rescue mission the world has ever known. And just like that, boom, she was pregnant. The Bible says the Holy Spirit rested upon Mary. She became pregnant by the power of the Holy Ghost. Now check this out. This is, it, I just got to go a little deeper. I got to go a little deeper. A woman's body was set up for this from the beginning of time. Why? 
When a woman becomes pregnant, her blood does not go into the baby. No, the baby has its own blood. I said the baby has its own blood. He even made a plan just in case Mary made mistakes. He said, I've always got a plan for my people. So now Jesus growing inside Mary, growing the devil, trying to guess what happened. How do I know that? Because he turns to Herod and he says, turn loose your soldiers and begin to kill every firstborn son. Anywhere you go, you start killing baby boys. Just kill them. Just kill them. Why? Because there is a rescue mission from heaven somewhere. Just start killing baby boys. Go. And Herod turns his henchmen loose. Oh, but God had a plan. You see, they were looking for a king, but Jesus was born in a manger. <laughs> you hear me, church? Says his wisdom outweighs the wisdom of the wise. He trumped them. They were going from palace to palace, fancy house to fancy house, and little did they know, in swaddling clothes in a manger was the freedom of mankind. Herod's men go out trying to kill all the firstborn children. All the firstborn children. You see, this is not the first time that plan had been launched. The enemy did the same thing. He thought Moses was the Messiah. He did the same thing in Egypt. That's why Moses' mother had to turn him loose in the river. The devil was so afraid that this Christ would make it in the flesh. Y'all missed that point altogether. Follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. Jesus was the name of the boy. Christ was the name of the mission. Some of y'all just starting to get it. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Jesus was the name of the flesh. Christ was the name of the spirit in the flesh. This is why now you and I are not called the body of Jesus. We are the body of Christ. Why? Because the body of Jesus is at the right hand of the Father ever interceding on our behalf. But his spirit still working on earth today. Still in business, baby. Still doing what I came to do. Now watch this. Watch, 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 watch. A little bit deeper. The devil finally caught him. I can just imagine the devil nervous after 33 years of watching the, the flesh spirit walk around telling all the other imps in hell it's over I saw them nail his feet to a cross fellas we did it we took out the Christ we got him are you sure I saw them put the spikes in his hands. I saw them lift him up and baby, the Romans are savages. They know what they're doing. They're not going to let him off till he's gone. The human God 
was dead. The human God, the God in dirt suit, had been killed. <laughs> but the scripture says, had they known. Look at your neighbor and say, had they known. They would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Now watch, 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 watch. They watch his body and the spirit slips out of the body and with a little bit of swagger kicks open the gate of hell and he walks in and he says, where's the devil's throne? Where's the devil's throne? You owe me three keys. Your manipulation has cost my people death, eternal damnation called hell, and fear of death called the grave. I'm here to get the keys. And he did not have to ask. I believe he reached into the waist belt of the devil and just felt around until he grabbed the keys and pulled them up. The devil said, you can't be here. Jesus said, no, no, no. The, uh, I'm not in the body right now. They said, only spirits can come here. He goes, yeah. He said, but what good are the keys? You can't go back. You don't have a body. He goes, oh, I've got a plan. It just so happens I've got a body on ice in a borrowed tomb. And it's waiting for me and these keys to walk back and take charge and set people free and lose captives. <laughs> yeah. Authority. It's in your flesh. You say, That's, I've never heard anybody teach it like that. I hadn't either until the Holy Spirit gave it to me. So what does it mean for you today? Let them have dominion. He meant it so much that he had to play by his own rules. Can I take you one further? How much time I got? A couple minutes. Right when the devil manipulated Eve into conceding to sin, God made the devil a promise. He says, if by a woman you have destroyed my people, then in the future by a woman, I am going to legally crush your head. It's all about him being a God of his word. The fact that Jesus came to live, the fact that Jesus came to die is proof that you have authority in your flesh. You see, the scripture says that in heaven there are throngs of heavenly hosts cheering us on. Why? 
because their time of efficacy is over. They're not here anymore. What if you're the only person praying? What changes? What changes? Well, my meal would be blessed. Because that's where a lot of us stop. Lord, thank you for these uh, groceries. In Jesus' name, amen. But what happens when a church realizes they have legal, eternal, bound authority on earth just as it is in heaven? It says that you can speak things that aren't as though they were and they shall become. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and... Starting to get it. You're starting to get it. So, what does that mean for us today? This is week one of prayer. I want you to understand there's a purpose behind your power. There is a purpose behind God's plan for your life. The fact that you are breathing and in your flesh means that you are legally here to change things. Just, just, just get up in the morning and just realize you got your badge on. I just got my badge on. What's that badge give me authority to do? To bind and loose. You see, because whatever I bind, my daddy binds. Whatever I loose, my daddy looses. He's waiting on us to step into the authority of our prayer. Do you see it? Do you see it? So I say, come alive, church. I say, wake up. Wake up! <laughs> People literally woke up. If you can sleep through that sermon, there's something wrong with you. You need to get some better rest. Heaven's waiting. All of the angels of heaven are at our disposal. Man, I'm so sick. Guys, I gotta be honest with you, I'm just tired. I'm tired. Y'all's phone may not ring like mine rings, but I know you get enough of it to be tired of it. Overdoses. Man, family's being torn apart. Man, kids running away. Human trafficking is crazy stuff. Man, this is in our city. And we're all like, God, won't you do something? He's like, won't you turn me loose to do something? Sitting up here on my throne, hands all tied up. Cut me loose. Watch what'll happen. You use the authority that I gave you in the garden and turn me loose. You'll see some changes. So why don't we do it? I believe the reason we don't pray is because we've fallen for a really big trick of the wicked one. We have forgotten our authority. Now, he's a master manipulator. So up until today, it's on him. But now, mm, yeah, yeah, it's on you. Stand up on your feet.
over the next three weeks, we're going to go deeper into God's Word every week. We're going to talk about the authority. We're going to talk about the power, the protocol. We're going to talk about the productivity. We're going to get all over prayer. It's my hope that as a body of believers that we will come alive in prayer. Come alive in prayer. Here's all I'm asking. I'm asking that you cut out just five minutes this week. Five minutes. Just five minutes. It can be in the morning, it can be in the evening, it can be while you're driving. Just five minutes alone. I know that's hard. Five minutes, it seems easy, but I'm telling you, it's, 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 it's an it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a effort within itself. Find five minutes. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to talk to your daddy just like I talked to my earthly dad. You see, I call my dad uh, almost every day. And when I talk to him, I say, man, you wouldn't believe what's going on down here. Up there in Arkansas, how are things up there? Good. I need your help on something. I need your wisdom. You remember when I was 14? Dad, my son's 14, and I'm having some, just having some confusion on how I should go forward leading him. Could you help me with that? And in the same way that my father's faithful to say, yeah, when you were 14, here's some things I tried. You may not hear his voice, but he will put into action a plan for your victory. He will release the answers you need, and they may not come when you want them, but they'll always be on time. You just have a conversation with dad. How many of you will absolutely give me five minutes a day this week. Five minutes. Five minutes. Just five minutes. We start with five minutes. See, what you don't know is for this past week, I've been praying and fasting that if you touch it, God will make you addicted to it. You touch it, there's going to be an addiction happen. Just like an addiction to his word. And when you begin to study his word, it comes to life. When you begin to pray and you begin to see responses from heaven on earth, that's addictive. Yeah, I, I got to stop. I got to stop. Man, I can keep going. I just want you to know this. You have authority. Point three and point four were, if you don't have flesh, you're here illegally. You, you, you can't speak anything into existence here on earth. You can't ask for anything. Point number four was, well, let me see what point number four was. It says, spirits with no physical bodies have no dominion. There's a time coming where your dominion will be over. God will call you home and you will go to heaven and say, what did I do with my time? What changed because of my dominion? I pray that you'll get to heaven and God will open up the movie screen of heaven. Say, your prayer life rocked earth. It changed lives. It changed eternities. It changed a city. And they'll never be the same. Even though you're gone, the ripple of your life is still in motion. It just depends on what we're going to do today, doesn't it? You believe that? Good. Father, we love you.
We thank you for loving us the way you do. Thank you for sending Jesus to get his dirt suit and for whooping on the devil. I just, well, I got a chance. I just, devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I rebuke your lies and your manipulations. And I call forth the truth of God's word into the hearts of every person in this place. That they would begin to function under the unction and the authority of the Holy Ghost. That they would pray with the knowledge of the power that they have through you. The dominion that you gave us. Help us, Lord, to to move and to act and to respond accordingly. I thank you, Lord, that whatever we ask, whatever we ask in accordance to your will, it will be done. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you're bound by your word. You're bound by your word. You love us so much, you wouldn't change it if you could, but you can't. So every word in the scripture applies today just like the day it was spoken. Thank you for that. In accordance with that, I ask you to bless us and keep us. Be gracious to us and show us your favor. Make your face shine upon us and give us peace. Both now and forevermore, cover us with the precious atoning blood of Jesus from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. I thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper that you would wake us up as a body of believers to see our authority and our true nature in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that when we come back together next week, we're gonna have a better understanding of prayer. We will have functioned in our authority. And because of that, the tide of the enemy will begin to turn. I claim it now in the name of Jesus. Bring us back next week with more wisdom and more of your word in our hearts. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next week. For more information about Hope City Community Church, visit www.hopecitycc.com. Until next time.